My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Friends and family from around the country and literally around the world, this is another episode with your host, David J. Harris, Jr. You got to have that J in there, boy, big tech. All social media, they are on me, boy, like white on rice. Can I even say that? Yes, I can. My mom was white. It's not racist. It's just a, it's a saying. So, uh, But if you're in the politically correct uh, uh, genre of, of people that are going crazy out there, well, they're going to lose their minds. Uh, they're already losing their minds over the current Supreme Court case that just dropped uh, defending our law abiding, our constitutional right to carry and not just carry in our own home. Uh, but they're losing their mind, and I think they're going to lose their mind about the court case, the Supreme Court case, Dobbs, that is that could, that I believe will completely change what our country has been doing uh, in the uh, in the realm of abortion. It's just it should have been overturned a long time ago, but we're going to get into it uh, with my special guest, Jenna Ellis. Before we do, friends, I just got to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Mike Lindell. He is taking a beating in the big box stores, friends, Walmart of all companies. The last company to completely eradicate anything that has to do with my pillow. Mike is a patriot. He is fighting for our country like very few are. Um, and he continues to put his own money on the line to fight for election integrity and bring the truth to us, the American people. So after the show, make sure you go over to MyPillow.com. He gave the same best discounts for the code David as he has for Trump 2020. Use either one of them. He'll know that you heard it here. But for the best savings at MyPillow.com, use that code David. Or if you still like to, Trump 2020. But get something from Mike. Show him some support. He needs it. And he needs it from us, the people that he's fighting for. All right. So let's get into it with my special guest, uh, attorney. She was uh, the attorney on, on the legal team for Donald Trump, President Donald Trump. She was his legal counsel as well. She's got a lot to say, especially about these court cases in the Supreme Court. My good friend, Jenna Ellis. Jenna, how are you doing today, my sister? Great to see you, David. As always, I love our conversations, and thanks so much for having me today. And congratulations again on your grandbaby. I love seeing all of your pictures on Instagram and um, just, you know, the fight for life. That's what it's all about. Yes, it is. It is. Every time I'm holding her, I think about that fight for life that we're in, that our country's in, and how so many politicians think it's okay up to the point of birth and even after in some states to end these these innocent babies' lives. And it just it brings tears to my eyes, but it's tears of joy for my grandbaby and then tears of sorrow for the babies that don't make it and don't have that chance. But that could be ending very soon. But thank you for that. I love posting pictures and videos with her. Uh, that could be ending very soon with this case, uh, the Dobbs case at the Supreme Court. We're going to get into that next. But right now, I want your feedback on the the, the the landmark decision to overturn a law that New York had put in place to say that you can't get a firearm, uh, you can't get a concealed carry permit unless you show proof that you actually need one, which in my in my view is completely unconstitutional. But as the constitutional lawyer that you are, the expert in the field, how big is this decision, this 6-3 decision in favor of our constitutional carry rights? Well, it's huge, especially in the context of the Senate, of course, with this bipartisan legislation that's trying to push uh, red flag laws that, of course, would undermine due process and would require that if someone goes into court under a red flag law, they would then have to show why uh, they should 
be able to still continue to keep and bear arms. And so, um, you know, as 14 GOP senators are kowtowing to the mainstream media and to this ridiculous narrative that they need to do something, the something they need to do is to simply sit back and say, the Second Amendment in the United States Constitution protects and preserves the right of people to keep and bear arms, period. And that's what the Supreme Court, under a great opinion by Justice Thomas, written for the majority today, held that no citizen needs to show proof or show cause of why they get to exercise a fundamentally constitutional constitutionally protected right. It's a great opinion. And I think that the GOP needs to stand up and take notice when you have a 6-3 majority that is more conservative than the GOP legislature uh, and Congress, then that is a problem for the GOP. Yeah, it's absolutely a problem for the GOP. Uh, The rhinos are exposing themselves right now. Every single Republican that's pushing for these red flag laws. uh, And I want to get into that after this. I'm going to get into how how deep and slippery that rabbit hole is for for us to uh, uh, be for politicians to be pushing these red flag laws. But first, let's go to the governor of New York and her response to this landmark decision by the Supreme Court and get your feedback. And I'm sorry this dark day has come. They were supposed to go back to what was in place since 1788, when the Constitution of the United States of America was ratified. And I would like to point out to the Supreme Court justices that the only weapons at the time were muskets. I'm prepared to go back to muskets. I don't think they envision the high-capacity assault weapon magazines intended for battlefields as being covered from it, but I guess we're just going to have to disagree. A dark day, she says, a dark day that the the, the Supreme Court of the United States upheld Americans right to keep and bear arms. It's a dark day and, and we should go back to muskets. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I look forward to seeing her armed security with their muskets uh, walking around New York. You know, I mean, if she's literally saying that and she's saying I'm prepared to go back to muskets, then you first, uh, Governor Hochul, with your armed security and uh, with everyone who's supposed to protect the New York governor. And is she also going to go back to, you know, riding on horseback and sending out that announcement based on quill pen and parchment. I mean, the technology changes and we all know that, but our principles and our God-given rights don't change. And that is what's so absurd about the left's argument is that they, do they really want to say that the freedom of the press is only the printing press that existed, you know, back in uh, 1787? Well, of course not. I mean, she's using technology to broadcast uh, this particular speech. She's not invoking this principle in any other area and somehow they think that the second amendment has to be muskets when clearly she's not invoking that on any other sort of constitutional prerogative no she's not joe biden's not uh gavin Newsom's not beto o'rourke's not none of these leftist politicians uh, are are championing that they're gonna they're gonna drop their armed security they just want to disarm us the people so let's get over to the red flag laws and how that is uh, is hell-bent on just stripping away more of Americans' uh, civil liberties, our constitutional rights. Uh, how slippery are these red flag laws? A lot of people, I don't think, understand what, what could take place if these red flag laws are implemented. But take us down a rabbit trail, if you will, of what could take place if just somebody felt like somebody else was a threat and called it in. What would happen in that circumstance if these red flag laws that so many of these rhinos have just pushed for would go into effect? 
Yeah, of course, the, the GOP rhinos and, and especially uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, who tweeted just back June 8th and said this won't get past the Senate. I'm going to stand up, you know, of course, I'm paraphrasing. And then yet two weeks later, he's now voting for this and he's one of the 14 rhinos. This is absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, David, I had a great conversation yesterday with Brett Tolman, who is a former U.S. attorney. He's the executive director of Right on Crime on my show. Uh, the Jenna Ellis show would love everyone to go and subscribe, run, rumble wherever uh, you stream your podcast. But I had a great discussion with him yesterday on the show and he made a really excellent point because when we're talking about red flag laws what this is doing is basically allowing anybody to say oh you know what somebody posted a picture um, with their gun on social media and i think that they're mentally disturbed they were also maybe wearing a maga hat or you know whatever reason um, they're concerned and they are triggered and so they call this in and then under a red flag law, then the cops would come, they would seize the weapons, and then it would go in front of a judge where after a waiting period, you know, maybe 24 to 72 hours, then the court would hold a hearing where you as the defendant have to prove why you should be allowed to get your firearms back. And Brett Tolman made a great point that this will go hand in hand with civil asset forfeiture. Because when uh, there is a forfeiture like that where the government takes away an asset, then often that can be used coercively to say, okay, well, in order for us to allow you to, to uh, continue to get out of this situation, you're going to have to sign away and forfeit your weapons to the government. So this is really uh, an attempt for gun grabbing. And that's ultimately what will happen is that you will have to prove your fitness as an American citizen to exercise your constitutionally protected rights in a judicial forum. And I have been, David, in many courtroom situations as both a prosecutor and a defense attorney on civil protection orders, criminal protection orders. And often these judges are very, very hesitant to not at least issue a temporary protection order because they're thinking, you know, hey, what if, if something happened, I don't want anybody to come back and say, well, you failed to act court. And so this is actually an infringement on um, Americans' rights. And in a judicial setting, if we have a legislative act and a statutory ability for this type of coercive measure, then this is just allowing coercively gun grabbing to take place. And you're gonna have to defend yourself in a court of law, your own time and expense, in order to prove that you are a fit citizen in order to exercise your rights. That is completely antithetical to the, the responsibility that government has under the constitution to presume that we are fit citizens unless and until we go through due process and then there is a statutory imposed criminal restriction or civil penalty, but through due process. So red flag laws undermine due process. And I think yep. that Brett's point about civil asset forfeiture is a really important one. Well, it, it, it undermines due process. It also amplifies the, the 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 entire cancel culture where people are triggered over this the tiniest things uh we deal with it on social media where we're being censored left and right uh one of ted nugent's most recent posts he said you know it's got he's got a picture of mark zuckerbuck and he says uh you know i'm not silencing you because your voice is dangerous i'm silencing you because your voice is powerful it's like literally giving the power to the most uh uh the, the most trigger happy individuals to say this person, this person, this person, and 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 they're doing all this in an attempt to say, well, this is better to reduce, uh, you know, gun violence in our country. The problem with that is law-abiding citizens aren't the ones committing these heinous acts. 
law-abiding right. citizens are the good guys that we need everywhere with guns that would be a lot faster to stop a bad guy with a gun when he shows up. So it's it's completely antithetical. It's completely opposite of what should be taking place in our country. Yet we've got 14 rhinos that are signing off on it. Lindsey Graham again has showed his his two faced self when in, uh, in tweeting that, and then two weeks later voting in favor of it. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with these red flag laws? Well, I hope that uh, they'll be challenged and ultimately get up to the U.S. Supreme Court and will be uh, struck down because, you know, as I said, I've never seen a red flag law that is constitutionally sound because this just presumes that someone, you know, somewhere at some point in time may commit a criminal offense. And so on that basis alone, we have to take away uh, your arms. And I mean, look at what just happened with all of the offended liberals that were so triggered just by people choosing to not wear masks. I mean, on what basis can you say that someone is likely to commit an offense? This is pre-crime and saying, oh, just because there's a red flag there, then we're going to take away your liberty and your right to keep and bear arms. So I think that ultimately uh, this type of legislation would be doomed under uh, the current makeup of the U.S. Supreme Court. And that is why it's so important to have justices, not that are partisan, but are truly conservative and conserving the rule of law, conserving our rights. And I hope that today's decision from the Supreme Court will cause these 14 GOP rhinos to wake up and think, what are we doing? Why are we yeah. participating in the liberals uh, shaming us just through media instead of standing up firmly for the U.S. Constitution? You know, let them call you whatever they want. You know, you and I know, David, we get called names all the time. I don't really care. I am firmly yeah. happy to side with the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law. Absolutely. Call us what you want, but we're going to stand up to preserve and pre prevent uh, the the uh, adulteration of the Constitution. They, they literally just want to twist it to their whim, their whims. Uh, meanwhile, they want to strip freedoms away from us Americans and uh, countries that have their freedoms taken away rarely, if ever, get them back. And the, the 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 other main thing before we get over to Dobbs, the other main thing that I continually try to remind people of is the Second Amendment is there not for us to be able to defend ourselves in our home against intruders or criminals, not to be able to carry out in, in public uh, to for single women to be able to be defend themselves against somebody, uh, not for hunting. The, the founding fathers, I believe, put the Second Amendment in place to make sure that we didn't have an all-powerful government with guns and we the people don't have any and we can't fight against a tyrannical government, which is exactly what it seems like we're seeing unfold before our eyes is an absolutely tyrannical government that wants all the power and wants us, the people, to be peasants with no power whatsoever. Yeah. And remember, the very first words of the U.S. Constitution is we the people, we are the ones that have the rights uh, that are protected by our supreme law of the land. We are a nation of rules, not a nation of rulers. And our founders understood that the people who are likely to become the petty tyrants, they're the ones that will tend to run for office and will try to uh, take more power than the Constitution actually gives them. And we, the people, are the sovereign in this nation under God, our ultimate sovereign with a capital S, because yes. all legitimate power and authority comes from him. And then he's the one that gives us our rights. And only a legitimate form of government will understand that their rights and their their powers, rather, are limited to preserve and protect our rights. And so the Second Amendment is all part of that, just like how we the people have to be able to speak against our government and not be called traitors or treasoners. Uh, we can disagree with those in power because no one in this country 
is entitled to office. No one is entitled to power. That is why we, the people, get to select and prefer our leaders. That's why election integrity is so incredibly important. That's why all of these rights and liberties and freedoms have to continue to be protected. Otherwise, the government will become tyrannical and it will then be the Joe Biden administration and the petty uh, Democrats who are the sovereign instead of we the people. That's a scary thought. That's a scary thought. I mean, it's 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 bad enough with Joe Biden at the helm right now. I mean, I think at least his handlers are, you know, he's the puppet out there parading around acting like he can ride a bicycle. <laughs> it's bad enough, but you strip away our freedoms and our ability to defend ourselves against that uh, same uh, tyrannical government. And you're, yeah, yeah, China is coming. Uh, before we get over to election integrity, and uh, and I know you spoke with President Trump just a few weeks ago, but before we get over to that, uh, this Dobbs case, this case, the, the Supreme Court uh, ha- still has yet to to issue their ruling on their statement on could change everything in the country it could change it could end roe v wade uh this is what you tell me if i'm if i'm not accurate but from what i believe is this could change everything and be a massive pro-life uh championing moment in our country's history if they uh if if what was leaked about this dobbs case is actually what's going to be uh released if that's their final statement uh, I think they were actually supposed to release that uh, this week, potentially, but it may be till well, you tell us about it. What's going on with this Dobbs case and when are they going to when, when how long do they have to release their 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 ruling on it? Yeah, well, this is poised to be one of the best decisions of the Supreme Court in decades. And the reason for that is not because, of course, you and I are champions and advocates for pro-life, but because this opinion would be fundamentally completely constitutional because uh, the states, this is a state issue. And so the leaked draft, if that becomes the ultimate opinion, would undermine Roe versus Wade because it was the wrong decision in its inception in 1973. And so uh, this would simply give power back to the states to determine policy for the state level. And so um, dozens of states already have a trigger legislation, meaning that if uh, this ultimately Uh, is a state issue and it's given back to the states, then immediately abortions would cease in those states. And this is amazing. It is wonderful. It is completely what uh, the Constitution requires. And of course, the left is now freaking out and panicking because this is an outcome that they don't prefer. There are signs up, uh, photos that I've seen on social media in D.C. calling for a night of rage, saying yeah, that quote, if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you, unquote. I was talking to somebody yesterday who said, you know, it's not just babies that the left wants to kill. They just want to kill, period. And that was such mm. a great point. And so um, in terms of the timing of this opinion, it's not surprising to me, given the uh, arrest of an alleged um, assassin, um, an attempted assassination of Justice Brett Kavanaugh with all of the uh, protests that are outside of the justices' homes. Their security is paramount, and so they are likely going to release this at the last possible moment. Tomorrow is the last day on the calendar that the court has uh, so far scheduled for opinions, but the actual last day of term is on Monday, June 27th. So. It's entirely possible because they still have nine outstanding cases that they need to issue opinions on. Dobbs is just one of them. They may end up adding Monday as an opinion day so that they don't 
push out Dobbs tomorrow and then kind of go into the weekend with uh, this anticipation, unfortunately, of riots and violence and, you know, of course, the mostly peaceful protests. So I would not be surprised if the Supreme Court waits until Monday, issues an opinion day, and then very quickly and quietly pushes that out. And then the justices uh, retreat for their three-month sabbatical before the term ends in November. And isn't it sad, David, that we have to even contemplate the justices' security if this Mm. was going the other way? conservatives would, of course, be objecting to that, be saying this is unconstitutional, but we would be making reasoned, logical arguments. We wouldn't be protesting out of, outside of Justice Sotomayor's home no. and you know, having would-be assassins out there and saying somehow that this is okay. Joe Biden himself still has not condemned that action from the White House. His press mm-hmm. secretary, you know, who kind of her, I'm not sure she's all there upstairs, kind of like her boss, but you know, the <laughs> White House has issued a statement, but Joe Biden himself has not actually said anything. That is disgusting. It's disturbing. Yeah. And it shows that he only cares about partisan politicking over our rule of law, like every other Democrat. It's very disturbing that the president of the United States hasn't issued a statement whatsoever on an alleged assassination attempt on a Supreme Court justice. I mean, if that doesn't speak volumes to anybody out there that still thinks or hopes that there's something good in Joe Biden or in the in the political landscape of the Democratic Party, the current party right now, uh, I don't really I don't know what would you put a mirror in front of your nose and make sure you're breathing because you're either not hearing or you just don't want to. My wife and I were actually talking about that. We know some very, very intelligent people, like very smart people, professors, people that we grew up with, that are now professors, teachers, business people, very intelligent, but they voted for Joe. They hated Trump. Uh, and we were we were wondering, I wonder if people are actually waking up right now, seeing how Joe Biden is completely destroying this country, inflation at a 40 year plus high, uh, gas prices through the roof. And and he strategically said he was going to go after fossil fuels. And now he's blaming it on the, the war in uh, Ukraine, blaming it on Putin only because he can't blame it on Trump anymore. Are you hearing are you seeing from anybody that 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 are indiv- individuals that you would consider intelligent people? There's a lot of intelligent people out there. But then there's, you know, people that are scholarly that that should know better. Are you hearing or seeing anything from people that are saying, you know what, we made a mistake? You know, Joe is absolutely a disaster for this country. You know, there are a few. and uh, But unfortunately, um, they're not saying this in terms of uh, what Biden's failed policies are. And they're not saying uh, what the average Democrat voter is saying. Now, I've heard a lot of people um, and I, I tend to, you know, kind of pull the audience if I go to. Um, you know, different events, if I'm driving in an Uber, if I'm flying on a plane, you know, kind of taking the pulse of just, you know, the average citizen that I that I happen to run into. And of the Democrats that I've run into, um, nearly everyone, I can only think of one person who hasn't told me if they were a Democrat and voted Democrat in this last election, that they are going to change their vote. That speaks of volumes. But these elitist and kind of national names, of course, you know, they kind of have to save face. And rather than like a lot of conservatives um, in the aftermath of Donald Trump in 2016 said, you know what, we made a mistake and we we actually really support him. And they were so excited to say we were wrong. Uh, But now these Democrats, they're embarrassed. And so they're having to say some things like, oh, we think that Joe Biden should have a primary challenger uh, because, you know, we didn't like the way that he phrased this. Like I saw a friend um, who actually has this pinned tweet 
has, you know, I, I think that Joe Biden needs to have a primary challenger because he called Mitch McConnell his friend. And that's just very disturbing. And I'm like, if that's the biggest thing that you're focused yeah. on, then, you know, you've got you've got a lot of reorienting in terms of your priorities to do. But I think the yeah. great thing, David, is that we're seeing that the average person and who, you know, we all care about our families. We all care about ourselves. That includes Democrats. And they are seeing yes. how the Biden regime is costly to their own freedom and liberty, their own pursuit of the American dream. And they are changing their mind and they're saying, wait a minute, we've been sold a bill of goods. And guess what? Nothing is built. Nothing is back. Nothing is better. Nothing's built. Nothing's back. Nothing is better. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I also think that when it comes to an individual that feels like they're really intelligent, it's really hard for them to own up to the fact that they were wrong. The, the pride becomes an issue. And it's like it's like you said, instead of admitting that it's these failed policies of Joe Biden that make me not want to, you know, uh, show support for him. Oh, it's just some other slapstick, stupid comment, you know, or he fell off his bike. Maybe he shouldn't be president. Hopefully, though. And I, and I also agree with you. When I'm traveling the country, I speak to a lot of people that have been Democrats, voted Democrat their whole life. And the beautiful thing about the average American citizen is they just like us. We care about our family. We care about the futures of our family. Uh, and we care about crime. We care about the direction this country is going. And we're st- and I'm hearing it from a lot of Democrats that say I'm voting for Trump if I get the opportunity to in, in 2024. Yeah. So this Dobbs case, uh, you know, it, it's it's I didn't even I didn't realize that they would have until Monday to issue issue their their statement, uh, their opinion, which could completely change everything. But you know what Monday is if they did decide to do that on Monday? You know what Monday is? Monday is the 27th. Monday is my birthday. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Are you kidding me? So great. What? Okay, Supreme Court birthday present today. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the birthday present of a lifetime. As much as I have championed and tried to wake people up to the uh, the truth of the pro life movement and why we all need to support it. Oh my goodness, that would be absolutely amazing if that dropped on my birthday. Uh, that would be. And, you know, I think there's a very significant chance that that will happen. So, um, you know, and I think in terms of security and all of that, that would probably be the wiser course of action. So uh, if it doesn't happen tomorrow, then, you know, we'll look forward to Monday. But uh, either way, happy birthday. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Before I let you go, I want to I want to get your take on uh, President Donald Trump. I know that you've spoke to him. Uh, you're working on some things behind the scenes and very publicly as far as election integrity. What can you tell us about election integrity issues that are looking good to make people solid in their ability and their in their uh, in their mindset that their vote will count when they go to the vote, voting uh, booths? And again, do it in person. Tear up any mail-in ballots you get, people. Tear those up. Don't let those get in the hands of somebody else. Go vote in person. But what is happening uh, that's giving you some hope and confidence that we're going to have an honest and fair election in these in these midterms? Well, you know, election integrity has been an issue uh, for years. And there have been attorneys like uh, Hans von Sporowski, uh, you know, good friend of mine at the Heritage Foundation, uh, so many others. But because there has been such national attention on this issue in the aftermath of the 2020 election, I have a lot of hope that even though the state legislatures have um, have done a lot, but they haven't done as much as I would prefer, that at least the people 
are very engaged and they're very focused on protecting the sanctity of uh, the ballot box. And so we're seeing more people who are wanting to show up and be poll watchers, be election officials, be volunteers. Um, those things are incredibly important. And more people who simply want to be engaged and cast their vote. And so for the people who are saying, you know, I don't even know if my vote will count, will show up anyway. And yes, vote in person. I was in my home state of Colorado to vote in our primary this week um, so that I can participate in making sure that I am an active and engaged citizen. And so the best thing that we can do is to show up and vote, volunteer to be a poll watcher, an election official, uh, do what you can to participate, and also continue to call your state legislatures and ask them what are they doing to protect election integrity before November. And uh, one of the biggest things, and even Politico, shockingly, uh, had this as one of their headlines a couple months ago, the people who will administer the 2024 presidential election are on your ballot in 2022. That means the election officials from the Secretary of State you know, all the way down. And in Pennsylvania, where I'm now working with uh, Senator Doug Mastriano's campaign, he won the primary. Just won his primary, yes. Ago, which we're very excited about by a landslide of roughly 45% of the vote. I told President Ooh. Trump, hey, 45, it's a great number, right? So, yes. Uh, President and Trump, Donald Trump endorsed him as well. He did. And, uh, you know, I called him to tell him thank you so much for that. And uh, that just gave him even more momentum. Uh, but in the state of Pennsylvania, it's the governor that gets to appoint a secretary of state who will then administer elections according to state law. And so do you want someone like a Doug Mastriano who is there in Gettysburg who wanted to ask the questions about election integrity, which we all should be asking questions? Is the government uh, administering elections according to state law? That is a rational, reasonable question that doesn't make you an insurrectionist. It doesn't make you a traitor. Right. It makes you a responsible citizen. Do you want him appointed? a secretary of state or do you want his opponent who is the current attorney general who didn't fight for election integrity who was actually the one who was persecuting little sisters of the poor that was the case that he lost at the u.s supreme court for religious liberty if he has such disrespect for catholic nuns in the state of pennsylvania how much more disrespect will he have for you and me as citizens and as voters and so uh, those races are incredibly important, but then in states like Arizona and states like Colorado, where the secretary of state is a separate elected office, make sure you are voting for someone who understands election integrity. I voted for Tina Peters in the primary in Colorado. I'm supporting Mark Fincham, who's running for secretary of state in Arizona. Make sure that you are supporting. Donate to their campaigns directly. Do not go to the national RNC. You never know how they're gonna use their money. We can be engaged, active citizens, and when we take back our country state by state in 2022, then we will have fair, properly administered elections according to the U.S. Constitution, which requires state law to be enforced in administration in 2024. So the best thing you can do for 2024, get out and vote, make sure you're donating to the right candidates, make sure that you are asking all of your friends and family to get out and vote and that you are volunteering to be a poll worker, poll watcher, and make sure you are an engaged citizen because election integrity depends on you and me. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Uh, very well said. I, I second all of that, Jenna. It's uh, what we need to do and poll watchers, volunteers, all of it. And we need people like Doug Mastriano that are in the positions to make sure that the people that are overseeing our election integrity are people that are integrous themselves. 
not like uh, Andrew Gillum. Can you believe what come out about Andrew Gillum? He almost became the uh, governor of Florida. Now he's been indicted on wire wire trafficking, uh, wire fraud, uh, a multitude of issues. This guy's you know facing some time. Hopefully he's facing some time. But that was a champion that the Democrats were parading as somebody that you know needs to be the governor and could be the president. And I remember the MSM, all the pundits talking about how much they loved their Andrew Gillum. Uh, but uh, yeah. he's been exposed once again. 21 count federal indictment. And speaking of the Democrats, they are still supporting him. So Mark Elias, who is the leftist bulldog champion of everything anti-election integrity, and he runs you know, the democracy docket. He was one that tried to push litigation before uh, November of 2020. He actually came out and had a statement saying, you know, the government got it wrong here. And then he went on uh, to talk about how, you know, the evidence will show. And I and um, I tweeted and said and quote tweeted that. And I said, OK, so uh, the Democrats are now admitting government can get things wrong. You're allowed to question a 21 count federal indictment, but we're not allowed to question election integrity in the administration of elections. You want to have uh, your evidence and proof that's shown in a judicial forum. What about all of the cases that Team Trump brought, which, by the way, they weren't 65. That's a leftist talking point. But when uh, they when we wanted to bring evidence and show proof of our claims, we were kicked out and we were never allowed to address that on the merits. And so this is the hypocrisy of the Democratic left when they want to challenge what they think is unfair or wrong and they want to show their proof and their evidence, then they think that they can and they should be able to. But when it comes to conservatives and Republicans that are challenging the government, then somehow that makes you a traitor uh, tearing down democracy and an insurrectionist. As I always say, David, if the Democrats didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. They, they would have none whatsoever. That, that is 100 percent accurate. How is President Donald Trump? Well, you know, David, because you've seen him a few times, too. He's doing great. He's looking younger than ever. He's yes. happy. He's engaged. He's excited. And, uh, you know, every time I talk to him, he always has that, you know, um, smile in his voice. And I can tell, you know, that he's smiling on the other end of the phone. And um, I was so happy to see him at Mar-a-Lago a few weeks ago for uh, the 2000 Mules premiere. If people have not seen that, you should, I mean, watch it, decide for yourself, but see the evidence. Um, it is absolutely ridiculous that the mainstream media keeps saying there's no evidence whatsoever when you have a couple of mules that have actually now pled guilty. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they just, this is so absurd that they're saying that there's no evidence and that uh, the January 6th committee, by the way, has completely ignored the fact that in response to my subpoena with uh, President Trump's direction, I submitted over 9,000 pages of documents with affidavits that were signed under oath by all of these witnesses that included voters, that included poll watchers, that included poll workers. And that evidence was never tested on the merits, or, and we never had any of these claims heard, but it was not baseless. And, and that is something that the January 6th committee is just completely ignoring, and they're continuing to only have witnesses on their own behalf and serving their very Democrat-focused narrative instead of having the ability to cross-examine and bring exculpatory evidence. So this is just fundamentally against due process. But, um, but you know, I, I digress. Uh, President Trump is doing very well. I think that, um, you know, he has made some excellent endorsements. You're going to see him on the campaign trail uh, headed toward November and the midterms. He is still very excited 
to continue to be a champion for this great United States of America. And I love that about him. You will not see him back down. He is still the tip of the spear. He still loves this country and he doesn't care what anyone tries to throw at him. He will not be deterred from saying, I am proud to be an American. 100%. And yes, I loved seeing him there. I was there for that, uh, uh, that uh, premiere as well at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, everybody needs to watch it, and that's great that two of the mules have now uh, pled guilty. We need 2,000 arrests. We need 2,000 of them, and hopefully that would send some shockwaves uh, through the enemy's camp of anybody anybody that wants to try to mess with our upcoming elections. So I, I have my own Wonder personal thoughts. How many thoughts. cover that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. How many reporters would cover it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I will. You will. Yes. So my thoughts are, if we if we take the House, if we take the Senate in early 2023, we're going to hear President Donald Trump come out and say that he's running. What are your thoughts? I think he will run. And I think that that's great for America. I think that's great that he is still, uh, you know, wanting to engage this country. But, you know, I also think that it would be great if someone like Ron DeSantis runs as well. And I think that we have to show the left that our bench is wide, it is deep, and there are people who are willing to stand up and say, we want to make sure that we are preserving and protecting this country, not just in the office of president, but at the state and local level as well. And so while president absolutely matters, and I think we still need Donald Trump. We need him back in the White House. We need him uh, at the tip of the spear. I also think that it's great that we have so many other people who are America first candidates that are ready, willing and able to stand up and engage and say, I will run for this office. I will run for that office. And so we need to support all of the America first candidates from the presidential ticket all the way down. 100 percent. Could you imagine if DeSantis it runs and President Donald Trump runs and then they get down to the final two, and then it's a Trump DeSantis ticket. <laughs> Are you kidding me? To the left, right? Oh yes, it would be. Final thoughts, Jenna. Anything else you want to make sure we cover today? Share it with my audience. Yeah. Well, I would just say please continue to pray for this nation and pray for this country. Because while we talk so much about politics and we talk about policy, and these things are so important that we engage as uh, concerned citizens, we have to remember, why are we doing this? This is so that, David, you know, your family uh, with this new, you know, beautiful baby granddaughter, that you get to raise her up in the way she should go. So that as Proverbs said, when she's older, she won't depart from it. I mean, the entire point of American civil society is for parental rights, for us to uh, pursue the American dream, for us to have religious freedom in this country, to do what we're doing right now, which is speaking together about truth and the things of God. So never, ever forget that the reason we are engaged in politics is not just that it's downstream from culture, but that culture is downstream from worldview. And that worldview has to be based on truth. And it has to be based on the truth of the Bible, because we know that the Bible and the truth of God, which is God is truth personified. I am a Christian, I always say, because we all have to answer life's most important questions. We have to be engaged, know about truth, but we also have to understand that the Christian worldview is the best explanation for that reality to which we're presented. And God has the only internally consistent answers for all of life's problems. And this country is so great because we recognize God, our creator, and we recognize that our rights come from him. And it's the sole purpose of government to preserve and protect that. So do not stop fighting for this country, 
praying for our nation and praying that God would give us a victory this fall because we have to engage and bring God back into our civil society, back into our classrooms, back into our families, and making sure that we are first and foremost winning hearts and minds for him and for the truth. That's what it's all about. 100%. That's what it's all about. And I think especially in this current uh, economic state that so many families are in right now that we're all feeling, uh, it definitely makes people want to pray. And uh, I, I love I love the fact that uh, you know, God is there to hear us. He's, he's heard me and, you know, I wouldn't be here and wouldn't even be alive today if it wasn't for his goodness, his grace and his mercy and his love. Yes. And I know you share that sentiment as well as you know, his love is real. Uh, I'm, I'm just so thankful that we live in a country where we do have those freedoms. We have the foundation from our founding fathers that acknowledge where our freedoms come from and acknowledge our, uh, our beautiful Supreme creator and the love that he has for us. So Jenna, thank you so much for joining me today, sister. It's always a pleasure having me having you on my show. And uh, I, I hope I get an amazing birthday present on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. And uh, you know, when you get that amazing present, I hope you join my show. I will have to have you back on again and uh, happy birthday. And I'm praying for this country and for that opinion. Um, that'll be just absolutely a great day to celebrate. Yes, it will. I'm, I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating Monday more than I was earlier. <laughs> Whole new anticipation. Well, sister, thank you so much, Jenna. God bless you. And I just pray God would continue to open doors for you, uh, give you a, a, strong, a stronger foundation to be able to continue to, the, to deliver the message uh, and the truth that you deliver like nobody else that I know. Uh, you're amazing and uh, love having you on. So thank you so much for joining me and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Love you, my friend, and always appreciate our friendship, both, you know, on and off camera. I so appreciate your encouragement, love and support and blessings to you and your family as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. Well, friends, there you have it. Jenna Ellis bringing the heat and the truth. Hopefully Monday we have an amazing birthday present from the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, well, we'll wait and we'll see. So, friends, thank you for joining. Please share this message with 10, 15, 25 friends. Let them know what uh, what you just heard and let them know reasons to be excited. And don't forget, right now after the show, get over to MyPillow.com and use that code TRUMP2020 or use the code DAVID. Mike will know that you heard it here, but he needs our support more now than ever before. God bless you. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris, Jr., Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris Jr. Show.